Thank you so much for listening to Honestly Unorthodox. If you've ever thought about starting your own podcast, but just don't know where to start, have no fear. Pretty Easy Podcast is here to get your podcast off the ground and sounding great at an extremely affordable rate. Pretty Easy Podcast helps new and seasoned podcasters by providing production, editing, and podcast management assistance. With Pretty Easy Podcasts, you can focus on your show's content while having a reliable tag team partner handle any and all of the technical aspects of podcasting to help your show sound great. As someone who clearly loves to hear themselves speak, I am completely uninterested in learning all of the mechanics of the technicalities of podcasting, the editing, and even the uploading of certain digital material that's needed to make this podcast sound as great as it does. And Pretty Easy Podcast has taken care of all of that for me, and they continue to indulge my love for getting all of this information out to you without any stress and any concern. You can go to prettyeasypodcast.com and get started today. Working with Alan and Melissa really has helped me avoid these roadblocks that so many podcasters run into with the recording, the editing, the feed management. Whether you're new to it or you already have a show, going to prettyeasypodcast.com really makes podcasting just that. Pretty easy. And now, let's get to the show. He who fights monsters should look to it that he himself does not become a monster. I am on the unfettered pursuit of truth. I'm Kayla Perry, and this is Honestly Unorthodox. Welcome back to this week's episode of Honestly Unorthodox. I have with me again, he might as well be my new co-host. Did I say that last time, Dylan? I don't remember. You don't remember? Oh, something changed with your voice, Dylan. What was that? It's not monotone? (laughs) I instructed Dylan in uh, pre-rolling that he needs to put on his BCBA voice. So lay it on us, babe. I sure will. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me back. <laughs> I have been dying to express my feelings in words. Oh and my god, stop, 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 okay. stop, stop. That's enough. Yeah, I've had just enough of that. And while we're on the topic of voice tones and identifying how certain people talk, we might as well hop onto the topic, Dylan, of how certain people think. This weekend. We are going to be at the Unpopular Conference in Savannah, Georgia. Sweet. What are you anticipating leading up to this conference? Well, um, I think if you are... Gosh, I don't know. Um, If you're comparing a tone of voice with monotone, which is kind of like dry, um, I think a lot of speeches are going to be dry. Like, yes, that's common sense. Like, get to the next point. Yeah. Is it? See what I did there? I liked your voice inflection. Uh, That was beautiful. Yeah. So is it because you, is it the topics that you think are going to be boring? Is it because you're generally not so much interested in the stuff BCBAs are interested in? All the above? All the above. And I would love to hear from a different perspective, you know, because of where I work. I work with uh, a BCBA one, 
not 20 like I used to. And it was just, uh, you know, a firestorm. It was a, it was a clusterfuck. It was, it was a garbage fire. Um, <clears throat> and nobody really had an answer. And that's the thing. Nobody has an answer. Don't try to make it, you know, that you have the answer. So mm. I'm interested to see what their thought process is of what the correct answer is, because there is none. I have, I tend to agree with that in the sense that people have a very hard time admitting when they don't know things and behavior analysts have kind of developed this reputation of being know-it-alls and being arrogant and pompous and just feeling like, I don't know. I don't know if it's that we have to have an answer or maybe it's just become second nature to try to, I guess, boss people around (laughs) and explain what we do without understanding or caring what other people do. No, I think that there, the notion is that there's always an answer, not from me or from anyone else, but like, Oh, this is what we need to do. Uh, well, there's more to it. There's, there's much more to it than like, Oh yeah, just do this. And this is going to, you know, fix it. Yeah. No, it's not because they age out, they grow up, they mature. We're talking about, I know I said they, but we're talking about clients. Yeah. clients. Well, never mind. Kayla, hold that thought in your head. I was going to say BCBAs too, but oh, okay. Yeah. Keep going. The, yeah. The, their lack of experience, I think. And I think that that's a huge, huge issue is that Go ahead. We talked about this last time. Remember, towards the end, we were talking about how neither of us would probably feel comfortable seeing a therapist if we had to go see yeah. a therapist. If we wouldn't feel comfortable for you, it might be different in terms of age. For me, I certainly don't want to see anyone under the age of forty or fifty. I think with behavior analysts, it's especially hard because the vast majority are between twenty and thirty, because this is a new field. They're, they're lowering the requirements. They're just shoving people in the door because the demand is so high. Yeah. And inevitably, when you just are trying to plug people in, the quality is going to be shit. So I think that I'm on both ends of this. I think it would be great if there were more opportunities for people outside of autism. But I also don't trust behavior analysts to do anything outside of autism. I, I really don't think that behavior analysis equips people enough to do anything like that. So are you just referring to autism with behavior analysts or are you looking at like a bigger spectrum pun intended that <laughs> like they're trying to get into like sports rehabilitation? Yes. Working out? Yes. Okay. Like, so, I mean, while as it relates somewhat to disabilities and autism, there are some that are trying to get into like mental illness, psychiatric hospitals, so the same reasons that you would go see a psychotherapist or a psychologist, even some are advocating that behavior analysts should be able to treat problems like this, like addiction or eating disorders. I think the principles very useful for things like addiction and eating disorders, um, because a lot of how I was treated and how my brother were treated. I mean, that's very similar to, to things that I would program for, for my clients struggling with similar challenges. <clears throat> But I just, yeah, I I wouldn't trust that these graduate programs that focus on four-year-old autistic preschoolers are enough to tell someone, okay, here's a a patient with violent PTSD. Yeah. Have at it. Why do you think that? 
personally. Why do you think that, um, that this field can kind of tap into mental illness? Someone who knows what's going on, but also realizes like, hey, you know what? I'm fucked up. How can you help me? Why do I feel like we're able to? Why do you think that? Or we that should. You, no, no, no. Why do you think that the field of uh-huh. behavior, being a behavior analyst, can help that particular oh. sect of, you know? I think it could or help. Or branching out. Because the- with some populations and some problems, some disorders, I should say, just sitting on a couch passively talking about it typically isn't enough. So there needs to be some ability to change someone's actual behaviors because when people start changing their behavior, a lot of the times that's when they start to feel different. So it's usually behavior change followed by changes in thoughts and feelings, or at least it might feel that way. But I sometimes feel like for something like an eating disorder, you cannot sustain or even get to recovery if you're not actively applying principles of behavior science there i have never met anybody in my life and this would never work for me if my entire treatment solely consisted of sitting in an office talking about my eating disorder so i think it's really powerful when you pair the conversation about it and the processing of it with actual actionable change so we're talking about a behavior analyst versus a psycho- psych- psychologist or psychiatrist. Or a psychotherapist or so, an LPC or a social worker right, even. Okay. Yeah. Throw all that jargon in there as yeah. well. But, you know, who is going to say, do you think it, it, the route and the way that we're going right now, um, that like, oh, you know what? I can't, I can't come out tonight, guys. I have to go. Um, I have an appointment with my behavior analyst. Be, for my eating disorder or my divorce or, yeah. um, you know, I'm really stressed out mm-hmm. versus like, Oh, I, you know, I, I'm, yes, I'm seeing a psych psychologist. Mm-hmm. Are we going to say like, yes, I'm seeing a behavior analyst. Would you have to specify who you're seeing? Well, I mean, technically, we use that term. We use psychologists and psychiatrists. Yeah. But know? most people say I have a therapy appointment. And I think if a behavior analyst conducted the session, I think it would still be called the same thing. Okay. Well, what does that person need to hold in order to provide that type of therapy? couple things. I think we need to stop allowing special ed teachers to take an eight-month, ten-month course to become a behavior analyst. I think one of the worst things that behavior analysis could have done was break apart from experimental psychology, and then it started allowing typical, what I don't even know what it's called, regular ed, regular education and special ed. They allowed that to stand as a prerequisite so you don't have to take a full master's in ABA. So now we have former elementary school teachers that are also complaining that they're not allowed to work with PTSD and mental illness. Like you're not equipped to work with mental illness. Do you know the reason why they're complaining about that? Because they're bored and quote unquote burnt out of working with autism. And a lot of people see the issue, the very obvious glaring issues with autism treatment, which is the fact that it's all about billing and money. And they're like, I can't believe I spent all of this money on student loans and got this degree and spent this time. And now I'm locked in 
to working only with autistic children when I was told, because this is what people that claim to be leaders in our field, they tell everybody, you could do anything with your behavior analysis degree. Behavior is everywhere. Behavior saves the world. And that is a load of shit because even the top people in this world that could potentially work anywhere still only work with autistic children. So they would have no idea how to break into other fields. So who can do that? Who can what? Break into like what you were just referring to as far as if they had a different field. No, no. PTSD, all these other things. Like who would you go to like right now? What do you mean? What do you mean? Who would you see? If you were like stressed out, if oh, you had like, yeah, I, I would see probably a psychiatrist or you wouldn't a see a behavior. Absolutely not. Okay. Not a chance in hell. No. I agree. Yeah. I sometimes I feel like I'm biased because I just think clinical psych and any sort of psych degree is imperative and should be a requirement if you're going to go into behavior analysis, because I think people forget that behavior analysis is a science. It's not a science to people anymore. It's a helping field. We help people just like special ed teachers help people. And that's why there's so many former teachers because it never, it didn't used to be, it didn't used to serve as a prerequisite. Like, oh, you worked with you know, six-year-olds that have Down syndrome and autism, you could become a behavior analyst. That would have never occurred before the demand started becoming, you know, unreachable or untamable, I should say. I, yeah, I can see that point. And recently, um, I was watching a couple of, well, I saw it on social media, and I'm sure we're going to get into that a little bit later. But using behavior analytical approaches to working out with oh yeah whatever what's the term is it neural what what normal what is it just say normal, normal. it's okay okay so it's like for normal people <laughs> that you know like hey you know what the reason why you're not working out is because and then you guys have your own Middle Earth. Uh, elfish language, you know, from <laughs> Lord of the Rings, whatever that I can't understand. I'm like, what? I can't like, understand it either. Yeah. Okay. It's like, no, you're not working out. Like, oh, you got to do this. Oh, that's a positive reinforcement. Like, no, it's like you, you're, you're fucking sore from going and working out. Like, what's the big deal about saying like, yeah, this is going to happen. Yeah. But you got to be careful about that. So I don't, I don't get the connection. That's why I think we cannot be trusted right now. I'm not saying not ever, Right now, we cannot be trusted to do anything outside of autism because aside from the fact that we don't have the skills or even the will to read anything, we also, we would need to actually learn how to speak to people in normal language. Thank you. And behavior analysts, they... I don't know why people can't figure out how to talk normally because they stop calling it a reinforcer say quote unquote shit that the client likes stop saying a punisher and a a preference assessment with the antecedent manipulation. You say, here's what we're going to do. How hard is that? Why do people feel? I think I'm going off right now. No, that's way off. Fucking go off. 
The reason people do this, not even in our, only in our field, in, in fields in general, in academia and medicine, the reason why people do this is because they are incompetent and they know they're incompetent. So they hide behind language because it's easier to sound smart and not be questioned. That's what I think. Yeah. And they, be hide, they hide behind that we don't speak to one another anymore. Everything's Correct. at a fucking email, a screenshot. We don't talk. Um, we're cowards, not me, because mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. But yeah, we're we're cowards, and you know, I see people just running to the hills. You know, like I'm going to say this on social media, or I'm going to email some, and then you never hear from them again because some for some reason, you know, they you know they they're able to cancel you. Like mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, that would have been awesome without social media because somebody would just come knocking on your door. Yep. Um. So yeah, we're we're weak um, in general, but this field, like I told you, you and I had this conversation. It's a bubble. It's a it's its own Middle Earth that mm-hmm. um, mostly the language, but just the arrogance and ignorance um, that just ugh, it's like right in front of your face. And for me, it's more common sense. I'm a father, you know. I'm Jesus Christ. I'm middle aged too. My God. <laughs> Um, but I have a lot of insight. I have a lot of experience with this stuff, even with working with client, adult clients, you know, my own clients, you know, in the training business. Yeah. We just, we're not talking and yeah, well, I don't know. I, I, I think I went off track too. So no, 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 you're perfectly on track. This is a great segue while we're on the topic of not talking. All right. I gotta leave. <laughs> Sorry. Put the, uh, The BACB came out with a recent statement about free speech. I wonder what made them do that. Well, speech is not free by any means, but go ahead. (laughs) Okay. Well, only, of course, a behavior analyst would be upset about free speech. Mm -hmm. There has already been circulation about this is harmful to marginalized groups. And this is making vulnerable people mad, which people are now believing that if I'm angry, that also means I'm you know, physically endangered by something. Can I ask you something? Yeah. Do they actually say that? Yes. Or did you read it? Yes. They say it's literal violence. No, no, no. Oh, yes. On, they it's, they never say it in person. They. Correct. Okay. They, so, them never says this in person. Okay. Correct. So this is what you're reading. Yes. This is not what they say. Because uh, they I mean, don't in a video, it. yes. But like, okay. sure. But yes, it, it's, it takes place on social media, which, by the way, is why I went off of social media, because it's a shithole. And if you feel like you actually want to get back to real life, I suggest you do the same. Yeah. We'll revisit this later. So I went ahead um, on ChatGPT, because ChatGPT is clearly unbiased and very reliable. And I asked ChatGPT, mm-hmm. what are the disadvantages of free speech? Here we go. One, hate speech. One of the most significant disadvantages of free speech is the potential for hate speech and incitement to violence. When people are allowed to express hateful and discriminatory views, it can lead to harm and discrimination against minority groups. Two, oh, disinformation crap. Three, this is one of the most hypocritical things in the world. Harassment and cyberbullying. Free speech can sometimes be used as a cover for online harassment and cyberbullying. The anonymity, the anonymity provided by the internet allows individuals to engage in harmful behavior without consequences. So the very people who launched the entire, um, you know, 
Nazi-gate campaign online. <laughs> they are the ones claiming that free speech is harmful and is literal violence, yet they are using their free speech to bully, shame, publicly humiliate, tar and feather. Do you, do do these people hear themselves when they speak? Um, <laughs> well, I'm sure unless they're, you know, using ASL, they probably can, but uh, it's just, it's just ridiculous. Like, and then you have to go into like, what is your definition of hatred? What is your definition of bullying? Mm-hmm. We all, I mean, I have my definition of what, you know, hate means to me, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean it means the same for you. Right. You know, um, like I you hate, hate cantaloupe. I hate fucking, I was going to say, I fucking hate watermelon. <laughs> right. And people like go bonkers where like, you don't like watermelon. Like, no, I don't like, I hate watermelon. I can't stand it. If it touches a grape that I like, I won't eat the grape. So you're a racist is what you're saying. I am a racist against fucking watermelon. <laughs> they can all burn in hell. You don't think that's leaving out other <laughs> fruit groups like berries? No, I hate any melons. Not, I mean, that's, certain melons. That's literal. Certain vi- melons. Look. <laughs> oh, yeah, thank no, God we're not yeah, on camera. Yeah. That's uh, literal violence to berry groups. Well, you know what? Let them. That's fine. Let them rot. They'll be fine. No, they yeah, do rot. Literally. Okay. Yeah. This is this is this is the point is that we're laughing because this is what's being it argued. So this is stupid. comical. Yes, it sounds it is, so yeah, stupid. And you know what? It's, if these were blue-haired, spiky, you know, gauge-wearing trolls on social media, it might be different, but these are masters educated people that are supposed to be helping These are perf- actual these are disadvantaged people. Yes. With education. With well, with, then it just leads to the whole education, idea of no, education. They're, and their titles Mm-hmm. That they have feel empowered with, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There, hey, hey, hey yeah, there. There. yeah. Let's just go fishing, yeah. We're really amping each other up, aren't we? <laughs> okay. okay, I want to address the uh, the decision I made to go off of social media because. Obviously, I'm not going to say everybody should go off social media. That is a personal choice. You do whatever you want. I think that, yes, it has always been an extreme place. And I have allowed myself to get taken in far too many times. I have allowed myself to get hypnotized by the negativity and everything else. And it really did put a strain on a lot of things. And when you when you take time to actually move away from it and I'm not talking about looking at it on your computer, literally just not looking at it at all. You see how infrequently a lot of these things actually are spoken about because everyone lives on social media and everyone is too afraid to say any of this with their actual speaking voice. Yeah. You're still on social media. I scroll. Yeah. Do you find, well, you're not really involved in any of the idiot circles. yeah, I'm not there yet. Hopefully you won't yeah, ever be I'm there. I'm kind of happy where I'm at, but I haven't watched the news in years. Yeah. And what's interesting about like what's going on in the world um, is that if you don't know what the hell is going on in the world, someone, you're going to hear a conversation about what the hell is going on in the world. And then you can pick and choose because you're obviously 
um, maybe preoccupied with, with something else. Um, but it's depressing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you going off social media, holy shit. Like, I applaud you because, yeah, I don't, I, you know, this generational thing, like your generation this and your generation that, and like everybody's this, my son, uh, you know, everybody is, you know, tapping into what the hell is going on. All you know, the by their by their thumbs, you know, and they don't know what the hell is going on because they just see what someone posts. There's body shaming. There's like, oh, if you can't do this, you're a piece of shit. Um, you know, in the field that you're in, that I kind of, you know, kind of sweep up the mess as I go. Um, it's just, it's a shit show. Yeah, yeah. So good for you. I thank you. I don't. For people that know me, I'm sure if you listen to all almost 50 episodes, holy shit, we've recorded almost 50 episodes already. If that's you, it? That feels like more oh for God, you, doesn't it? Feels, it? Yes. Feels like 50 years. <laughs> I'm, I think I'm did growing. Did I say that out loud? You sorry. sure did. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, okay, let's get back on track. Safe hands, still. Easy. Safe okay, hands. Sorry. Yeah. No, quiet, answer quiet mouth. Thank you. I, <laughs> I, you made me lose my train of thought. Damn it. It's sweet. It's about time. I know. I could actually use some more yeah. of that. Okay. Right, anyway, it'll probably come to me in a little bit. I have questions about the. I want to go back to our the conference leading up to the conference. What are you hoping for on Saturday? I'm hoping for people to get fucking pissed off and berate you in public i would actually love that because it takes a lot of courage to do something like or that. not even that sorry because they're too cowardly to do but if they yes. get up and walk out that i would love to see that yeah i would love to see that because what did i how did i rephrase phrase it uh this afternoon when case I came in home? point well no not case in point but no. if somebody got up they stood up i'm using american sign language if they stood up and walked out that is a 50 year old temper tantrum at the you know mm-hmm. like oh, i'm not listening to this which is fine yeah they're, they're entitled. entitled to that yeah you know they know like this is bothering me i'm leaving the room but bingo this is exactly what you are referring to yes that people cannot face Anything. and they cannot talk and they cannot accept like someone who disagrees with them that they're always fucking right yeah and anyone who's not on their fucking ship is wrong and they're a what behavior analyst what you're gonna use this word what word i can't okay just just why can't you just say it you're gonna make me say it on my own podcast how dare you nazi how's that (laughs) oh yeah 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 nazi white supremacist no you're not a white supremacist you're a yeah you are a cuban white supremacist wow that has to cover some part of the diversity list. Yeah, why not? This is I mean, our and you version are actually of married to a Mexican Irish. Mexican Irish. Look at what that. What we call it? We're gonna save that for that's an inside <laughs> thought, Dylan. How's that for my BCBA Just, voice? Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> in reference to you saying that, you know, essentially what you're asking for or hoping for, I should say, is not hoping. Protesters. I would look. For, I would look. I would look forward to that. Here's here's yeah. what I already know, and you probably already know this too. No. People didn't even have the balls to say anything to me digitally, let alone in person. So I 
I think there is a 0.00001% chance that anybody who disagrees will actually be in Georgia in person. I just, I, I don't, I have zero faith in, in people like that. Well, that's funny um, because I didn't know about this conference until you told me about it. What? A few months ago. Yeah, a few months ago. And I'm like, oh, okay, you're going to speak at this conference. And mm-hmm. quite frankly, I was surprised that people are actually spending their own money to come to this conference. Damn. I. I okay, let me tell you why I think the reason is. <laughs> ABA I don't know about it. Yeah. ABA conferences generally are insufferable. They go over the same routine bullshit. No about autistic children being traumatized and here's how you use a token board with a seven-year-old in a self-contained classroom and here's how you teach social skills to someone who is nonverbal. Oh, should we use speech devices or not? That is the almost in its entirety. Uh, so this what- is your basic in-service day. You got to show up to listen to the same fucking bullshit I, that you that you know about. I am hoping that it's not your no. typical in service day. Yeah, and that's I guess that's what I'm saying is like I hope it's like something like oh something okay. different right. from the uh, norm, right? Instead which of the is mundane. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the name is that it's shit. unpopular. Oh my god, which reminds me when um, this conference when it was first announced and everything kind of you know imploded on itself. <laughs> People were saying, well, you did it. You are unpopular. Like, as if they, like, see, I told you. It's like, what do you think the word unpopular means? Like, do, did you think that was some kind of, like, double meaning, adorable, cute word? But then it dawned on me that, yes, people only want to be, quote, unquote, unpopular if it still means that they're largely supported by a million other people. So, like, they're only willing to say somewhat controversial things if it means that the majority agrees with it. And to me, that's just very manipulative, number one. Number two, that's not... That that just means you're not saying anything of substance. It just means that you're saying something that's a little slightly edgy, but that everybody knows. It's like me saying, guys, I have very shocking news. The grass is a shade of green. It's the same shit. Is that shocking to you? Is that shocking to anybody? Well, I mean, I guess the way that I, I never really thought about it this way, but if I think about, you know, like what you just brought up, like, oh, how do you view the unpopular conference is I'm assuming that it's going to just be like, uh, duh, <laughs> you know, it's common sense. Yeah. So like it's not fucking. Wow. That's a great point. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But I think that common sense has become so uncommon that you bring up that really good point. This is in my intro. Sorry if this spoils it for anybody. I find it sad that we even need to say or call things unpopular. Like, why Why do we feel like we... I find it sad that, that this is the first time that this is something that's happening just to what? Discuss issues that people don't like talking about? I think that's crazy. I don't, I don't know. I, I think for me, the way that I am, I mean, I'm an introvert mm-hmm. by nature, but I do have a lot of thoughts. It keeps me up at night. It drives me crazy. 
I pay attention to detail, and that's a curse, people. <laughs> Knowing detail is a curse. You're telling me, my God. Oh my God, you see, like that tone of voice reminds me of. I'm just teasing, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like why are certain issues being talked about? You know, um, and we'll just keep it in the in this field, this bubble. Um, like, well, what do you do with this? Probably like, oh, this and that. I'm like, uh, do this. Oh. Really? Does that work? Yes. Um, so, but I, I actually, I like the name of it. It's unpopular because that yeah, creates people like, oh, yeah, you know what? You guys are unpopular. Yeah, well, you're also a fucking dick for, you know, <laughs> for saying that this is like crap. That's fine. and But that's, there, the, that's, that's the whole collaboration. That's, that's the whole fucking point. That's the beauty yeah. of free speech is that you're allowed to call people a dick. They're allowed to hate things. We're all allowed to hate things. Uh, I just, it is how unbelievably sad is the, our current world that we live in to where people are actually saying that their ability to speak is a bad thing. But what do they speak about? And the thing is like, like it's not about them. It's about, it it has nothing, you know, this, this has nothing to do with harm or danger. It's, I don't like it. So it's unethical. It's traumatizing is on them because they don't know how to address it, you know? And that's why they just say things and then they just disappear, you know, because they're like, Oh, you know, and they have their friends. They're like, Oh, you know, go poke the bear and then run back over here and don't address it because you might get swallowed up alive. That's yeah. the that's what we're missing. Like that's what the oh my gosh, I sound like my dad. That's what this oh, you know yeah, Jesus Christ, how do I do that? Um but but that's what we're built off of, you know? Like how, where are your morals? How did you learn them? How like how are they taught to you? Yes. You know, respect. Hold on respect, you know, listening, collaboration, just because you disagree with them doesn't make it, doesn't make that you're right. Ricky Gervais, I yeah. love that quote, you know, just because you're offended doesn't make you right. But these, uh, well, we've allowed them to believe that they're right because this really small minority of people that screeches and tantrums and boycotts and thinks that they're actually important. These universities, medical institutions, uh, academia, like they, they fold to this tantruming. They fold to this adult tantruming. So we're teaching them that, yes, you are correct. Look what happened with the person who I won't name her name here just in case, you know, but you know, the university let her go because her kids complained that they had to participate. That is is disgusting. That is a joke. And the university had the balls to let her go. And not address the students? That is, you know, when you told me about that, I I, I was livid. I'm like, I, th- we are going nowhere fast. Mm-hmm. and But that pendulum is coming and it's going to come quick and it's going to, it's coming. I, I'm sorry. I'm speechless still because of, of that story and that situation. Um, I know that it is you actually absolutely are in a master's fucking program. Sorry that you have to do it online and you're an adult and you have a family and you have children. I get it. Believe me. I get it. I was there, but to get to complain that you have to participate, who the fuck is going to be in this field? What type of person is going to be in this field? Who the fuck is going to run 
this country in 40 years, 50 years, 100 years? What? I don't know. Sorry. No, I agree. So, yeah, no, no, no. For people that missed the whole context, because I did uh, post about this a few weeks ago. So, a friend of mine was teaching a course, a graduate level course at a university. She taught a night class. It was, I want to say, from like 6.30 to 9, possibly. So it was a longer class typical at nighttime. It is, it's night. also a typical night class. Yes. yes, that we've all taken at some point, probably. Two nights a week? One night a week. That's a One fuck. night a week. Okay. And the, she, none of the... Uh, I was about to say clients. None of the students were participating. Their cameras were off. Their mics were off. She basically talked to a wall for three hours. So she told them, you know what? I'm going to add in participation points. And I, I'm going to require that if you get, if you need, or you want your participation points, you have to turn your cameras on. These little shits uh, sent in an evaluation. They're not little shits. These are grown ass adults. Yeah, they should be behavior analysts. Anyway, not only there did they go. not address her personally, they ran to another professor and started complaining about my friend. And then it was only through this professor telling another professor who eventually told my friend, this is what the students are saying about you. So not only are they appeasing these adult children, but they're allowing gossip to travel between staff before it gets to the person. If kids ever came up to me at Aurora and started complaining about another professor, I would cut them off in the middle of speaking and say, then go take it up with them. What does that have to do with me? Exactly. That's insane. And at the end of it all, the kids said thing like said things like, you know, by the time 6 p.m. rolls around, I'm, I'm really tired. burned out and exhausted. And the fact oh, that you actually ask us, this was verbatim part of what one of the uh, part of the feedback was. The fact that you actually ask us to participate is not acceptable. Bitch, you th- who raised these people? Who taught you that it is okay to speak like that to a professor? That is disgusting. That is disgusting. And the, you know what these people are going to do? They're going to, in a few years, when they're 26, 27, 28 years old, they are going to start behaving like a 26, 27, 28-year-old behavior analyst that anything they're asked to do is because their boss is a narcissist. Anything that they don't like is toxic and harmful. Anything they hear that they disagree with is the patriarchy or racism or they're tired or they can't handle it or they're traumatized. And they will continue to be hired by people because nobody cares about skills anymore. Well, good, because we're losing them. <laughs> we're losing skills. Imagine these people being teachers. I, what are they going to do when they're actual teachers? I can't imagine these people being my fucking neighbors. Oh, my God. God, you know, it like, is disgusting. Like they, yeah, that is, I, again, I have learned to like shut things off. And when you told me that, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just, that's ugh. the sad it's thing despicable. though, is it it's is despicable. despicable. The really sad thing about it though is sometimes, like, in what I've seen is, yes, a lot of this type of behavior takes place primarily on social media. So you're less likely to see it. 
happen in real life as often as it does online. But this this all happened in real life. This was completely devoid of social media. So it's not like this never happens. It happens frequently enough that professors are being fired, that behavior analysts are being let go. Remember when I had a hard time getting a job because people saw what I wrote on social media? I mean, these things occur enough to where it's a very clear problem. Yeah, through Zoom, social media, um, this might be off the beaten path, but I just heard today that the increase, again, this is completely off the beaten path, but the increase of people actually going to pick up their food instead of having it delivered mm-hmm. is increasing. Really? Yes. I, Why is that? Look, With because like rough- they don't want to, delivery costs have gone up, oh, you know, yeah, so yeah, people yeah. are actually getting off their asses. Now I get the whole, you know, COVID thing and like, it's so easy, you know, like here's me, the hypocrite that had somebody, you know, Grocery bring store. groceries <laughs> delivered to us from Jewel. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's, it's going to go back to where like, hey, yeah, you know what? There is no more online fucking... I didn't have an online course when I went to college. Me neither. I had to show up. And, and if we you had weren't there, hand, you were fucked. Yes, you are fucked. You had to hand write yeah. every single essay. I actually, in the last yeah. month, I told my kids, I am not posting anything online. I am not having you turn in anything virtually. You will hand write or verbally speak everything in this class. There is no take home. There are no take home assignments anymore. What a skill to have. And And you know what my kids said? They said, I love paper and pencil. My kids were actually happy. And then some of them, I know my first class is massive. So they're kind of still, you know, tooling around on the computer. Not all of them, a few of them. My second class, I mean, I, none of them are like messing around on their phone and their iPad and their computer. It, it makes me feel like it, it was back when I was doing my programs, when you came to school to learn things, when you came to school to show your attention and time and respect to the person that was teaching you. It just, I, I again, I have no idea who raised people like those that were at my friend's well, university. It, it's just... <laughs> They're yeah. not that much it's younger a, than me. It's a habit. I mean, we all go, you know, on our phones. We're all on the computer. Like, you really can't work unless you have one, you know, chatting throughout the day. G-chat, like, oh, who's doing what? Yada, yeah. Yada, yada. I was I was thinking about this the other day. So this is interesting that, you know, at, at our facility that you just, when you walk in, um, it's like a party. Like, oh, you're going to drink? Okay, give me your keys. Well, you walk in? Okay, give me your phone. You can have your phone at the end of the day and see what the hell happens. Mm-hmm. Like that you actually may have to run somewhere, what, 30 feet to like relay a message. Instead, like they, t- it takes them more time to like. Let me put it in like, the G-chat. Oh, I got like. Go walk yeah, no, they, they're in the next tell room. tell the person. They're in the next room. That's the thing. I think that we're using technology as an excuse because we're trying to convince people it's faster, it's workflow, it's more organized. No. You're spending more time creating all of these gorgeous <clears throat> little color-coded charts and doing shit on the computer than you probably would be just jotting it down on a piece of paper or verbally speaking to or another screaming person. screaming it. 
Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with yelling? How do, hey, how, do you hear me? How did any how did any of us do things before? That's oh the God. thing. It's my like mom rang a bell. Yeah, we're acting like none of these things Ugh. were ever were ever options. But like before, we didn't I didn't have an iPad and a computer in school. When my when I tell my kids that in college, even what, seven years ago, I was still pen to paper, handwriting everything because we weren't allowed to bring computers to class. We didn't turn stuff in online. That would be insane. Well, you can vouch for this. I still use post-it notes and I put them in every direction that I know that I'm going to go throughout the day or the morning. And to you still ignore them. <laughs> and I still walk over them. So I don't have, you know, like my Google Google calendar going off on my phone. Like, oh, don't forget about this. Like, I don't fucking refer to that. Yeah. What do you need me to do, Kayla? Take out the garbage. Yeah. All right. Do we need to put that in? Like, so every Tuesday or what's today? Wednesday at seven o'clock, you take out the garbage? No. You just say, take the garbage out, please. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Simple. It's not hard. Simple, easy, cut to the chase, cut to the core. Return us back to common sense. Okay. Me and Dylan got a little bit loud. We got a little bit rambunctious here. And we are very excited to see all of you. We will be in Georgia together. Tag team. Dylan claims that he will be sitting all the way in the back (laughs) (laughs) while I'm sitting sitting in the front. It's just easier to exit. Yeah. Yeah. Dylan needs an easy escape route. So that will be hilarious. I don't need it. For those who have no idea what Dylan looks like, now you can finally match a name to his monotone, dry voice. Look for the Zapatista. Yeah. People don't know what that means. Also, I think that's racist. Are we allowed to say that? Well, I'm Mexican, so I can say it. True. Okay. (laughs) On that note, looking forward to your thoughts after the conference, and we will record a follow-up episode to share with you all of the behind the... Oh my God, Kayla, you're doing such a great job. Am Congratulations. I? Oh my God. Keep up the good work. I will. Thank okay, you so much. Okay. I'm so excited for you. How do people do this all the time? Later. Okay. Um, see you guys next time. Peace. <laughs>